Hello and welcome to Dealer's Choice. As uh, always, I'm joined by my two uh, film-going pals. Uh, <laughs> my my good friends, Morgan and Zach. How you going, guys? Good. Very good. Please put your uh, tray tables and seats in the upright position <laughs> and get ready for one hell of a podcast. Oh, oh my. Oh, sorry, guys. I'm just, my eyes are so red. Oh. Oh, God, I was up all night last night watching that movie on repeat. Well, I must admit, guys, if I'm feeling a little bit sluggish today, it might be because of the jet lag. I did have to fly in for this podcast today. Um, it was a bit of a long slog. It was a bit of a long flight. So oh, Yeah, you were telling me. Last plane out of Sydney. <laughs> that's right. I was. And, uh, and I thought I might have to quarantine, but uh, no, no, I, I didn't. <laughs> They ease the rules because you said I'm. Ha- I, it's a joke. It's a joke. Seriously, it's a bit. <laughs> they're like, oh well, come on through. That's I did, right. I didn't uh, actually now... fly in. I just drove here and then walked through <laughs> the arrivals gate for a bit. That's right. Um, now, it, it, listeners, in case you're wondering uh, what all the aviation talk was about and Zach's little um, condition that he's got going, together, what they make is the 2005 film. Red Eye, uh, <laughs> directed by uh, Wes Craven and written by Carl El- Ellsworth, starring Rachel McAdams and now I never know how to pronounce Cillian this guy's first name. Murphy. Cillian or Killian? I don't know. Cillian. I think it's Cillian. People say Cillian for some reason. I I would assume it's Killian, but then people say Cillian. It's like, oh okay. Well, let's go Cillian Murphy. Um, and the it tagline was... has one of the best taglines I like. It just it just works so well for this film. I just want to just ease you in. Fear takes flight. Ooh. Oh, what a what a little ooh. Do you guys want to know a fun a fun little fact I realized during this movie? No. Uh he start he 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 had a red eye, but now he has a red right hand. That's a reference to all the all the peaky blinder watchers out there. Oh, um, is it because Sam Neill was in Event Horizon? No, it's because the the Cillian Murphy was in this movie, Red Eye. And he's also in Peaky Blinders, and the opening scene sequence to Peaky Blinders has a red right hand song as the uh, theme, Wait. and it's him walking in the opening sequence. So he was in Red Eye, and he also has a, a red right hand because of the Peaky Blinders reference. Who's who is he in Peaky Blinders? The lead one, isn't he? I don't know. He's Tommy. No, that's he's that's Tom Thomas Hardy. Shelby. Tom Hardy is Alfie Solomon's, and you know that damn well. <laughs> now, Morgan, back to- I am. Happy to sit here and talk to you about Peaky Blinders for another hour, but we will not do that. Now, so this is this film was also distributed by DreamWorks. Oh, oh yeah. that sink in. I didn't. I, I you legit you say that, and I'm like, yeah, this movie started with a DreamWorks logo. That's <laughs> yeah, I, uh, wild. <laughs> I couldn't. I couldn't help but sit there and think like the guy who had to do the trailer overdub just had so many fun. But, like you could have just been like. Steven Spielberg takes you on a flight to hell. <laughs> <laughs> okay, guys, let's just break it down as we usually do. Let's go likes and dislikes. What are we no, thinking? No, we gotta tell. We gotta tell about the movie. We, gotta we always, the movie. we always fuck this up. Okay, so it's gotta be some. Okay, I'm summary. hosting. So let's now scrap what I just said and we'll do a summary of the film. So which one of you would like to so do the summary? The movie is called Red Eye because Rachel McAdams does a lot of crying and gets red eyes. On the, the and movie. she gets this letter from Ryan Gosling, um, and and it makes her realize that he was a true lover all along. 
And they kiss in the rain and then die minutes apart from No, that's the notebook, you idiot. They don't kiss in the rain in this one. (laughs) No, no, that's that's for another time. Um... So, yes, Morgan, you are right. There is a lot of crying. Rachel does put in, you know, a tearful performance. But there's a bit more to it than that. Can we flesh it out, Zach? Can a lot, we of, flesh pe- it out a lot of people yeah. not uh, asking her what's wrong. Why is she so upset? And yeah. then sneakily and listening she's... to a, a very loud man threaten her on a, on a plane. No one hears it. And um, a little kid assaults a man for no other reason than she all thinks right. he's a can we Can we talk about Unaccompanied Minor? Because I was all about Unaccompanied Minor. That, that My favourite character in this movie is Unaccompanied Minor. <laughs> I, I think I wrote Child. I think my actual... Uh, is, unaccompanied Child is what I referred to them as the entire time. They are my, <laughs> they are my MVP, little, little, little feminist in, in, uh, in, in action. Love it. What is this uh, movie about, guys? <laughs> it's about... <laughs> It's about the rise of women in today's court. No, it's company. not about that at all. Now, well, it about... is. If you look at the subtext, Alex, I'm just talking about the subtext here. No. Well, let's talk about the text there, not the subtext. Now, it's basically an assassination plot, yeah? There's, these people want to kill. I don't know that I'd say that, but okay. That's what the film is about. Okay. All right. So, look, mate. Rachel McAdams is a big, a big la-di-da manager at, at, her, at her hotel <laughs> In Miami. 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 I was thinking LA, but it's like, called the Ladida Hotel. Yeah. Uh, she so she's big manager man at the Ladida Hotel, but she's coming back from holiday from her grandma's funeral, and she's gonna catch a plane. Yeah, because that's a holiday. Yeah, that's a holiday. holiday. Let's get back, Morgan. relax at my grandma's. She's coming funeral. back from lovely holiday where she watched her grandma die, and then um, <laughs> she's she's on the plane, and so Ooh. she keeps getting. She had to do a couple calls because she's the big manager man. And the, the the hotel's like, oh, the deputy secretary of Homeland Security is coming to the hotel and we have some issues. And she was like, sort it out. And then in walks, um, he doesn't have red eyes, but he has lovely eyes. Brian uh, Cox. No, not, no, who cares about Brian? We don't care about Brian Cox yet. We're talking about red right hand himself. Cillian Murphy walks in and he charms her. Boy, does he turn on the charm. He oh, charms so her. And then, they, and then they sit next together at the flight and uh, hijinks ensue. I think that's a pretty good spoiler-free setup. I think so. I like that too. They sit next to each other on the plane. He's a lovely boy. Or is he? Fear takes flight. Um... <laughs> I feel like I'm doing a lot of heavy lifting now, guys. Come on, what are we... What? I think... No, do you know what, Alex? Let's just, let's just let Morgan keep going. Go on, Morgan. I'm having a blast. <laughs> too soon. Too soon, Zach. <laughs> I uh, um, what are you? The, saying, what are you? The corner saying, floor of the La Di Da Hotel. Are you saying, are you <laughs> oh my god, that was awesome! Um, <laughs> I apologize for anyone listening to this episode who hasn't watched the movie because this is probably pretty. This is illegible. Illegible. Okay, so, at the moment. Yeah. So Rachel McAdams yeah. is a manager for a hotel. She's catching a red eye flight, which is the last, which is like a midnight flight from. I believe I. Said all of this. Uh, Austin to Miami. Pretty um, and she sticks to Cillian Murphy, and Cillian Murphy has some sinister overtones. I don't think he does until he sits down. Uh, That's right, on the plane. On the plane. Well, I was thinking about this. It's I was like, thinking about... uh, why are charming men so suspicious? Well, I think he would be sinister for anyone who went to see this movie in cinemas, because I'm assuming that they saw the trailer for this, as I did before I watched this movie. And if you saw the trailer for this movie before you went and saw it, you know that Cillian Murphy's got some sinister overtones. So the whole time he's charming her, you're like, oh, no. 
when's it gonna happen? And that's what I was like. I was like, oh no, when's it gonna happen? For the whole time that he was on the plane. <laughs> um, and I, I will say, it happens pretty quick. He doesn't waste. Yeah. He's pretty oh, yeah. quick. And he he goes from extremely cool and calm to kind of like unraveling very very quickly. Yeah, man. He's uh. He went from like, oh, I'm a chill guy to I have a deadline and my boss is going to kill me if I don't get this job done and I'm really running behind on time here. And yes. it's Rachel McAdams' fault because her grandma died like an idiot at the wrong time. Mm. I feel for that. He's really the protagonist of this film. <laughs> Alex, all. he's just trying to do his job, man. Alex, no. come on. Why do you hate him so much? You're always going on about how, oh, I don't think Cillian Murphy deserves his role in Peaky Blinders. I don't think I he deserves to play Alfie Solomons. I think he's a terrible Alfie Solomons. Why do you keep going on about this? Don't. So, you know, I don't know what crap you're spinning. Now, <clears throat> you've basically got the premise of the plot pretty well done. We haven't gotten to spoilers about... Um, what actually ensues on the flight? Uh, that that's fun. We haven't we haven't divulged into the hijinks yet. No, we haven't. no, we haven't gotten to the hijinks yet. Or the hijacks. Um, no, Zach. No, it's now, misleading. It's misleading. Very misleading. <laughs> Before we do likes and dislikes, I just want you to have this in your brain. Some of the uh, other people that were considered for the role that Cillian Murphy played. If I'm you say Tom Hardy, I'm going to lose my mind. I'm going to be so happy. Because do you know that before Cillian Murphy played Bane in the Dark Knight movies, Tom Hardy was originally going to be Bane? Seeing Cillian Murphy played Scarecrow and not Bane, but that's neither here nor there. Anyway, so we had John Travolta. I don't quite know how I feel about that. That's Nicolas Cage. Oh, Nicolas Cage would have done a good job. Nicolas Cage would have been amazing. Yeah, that would have been great. This movie has Nicolas Cage written all over it. I'm not sure how he didn't book this film. I haven't seen Con Air, but I'm sure there's some crossovers there. Oh, you haven't seen Con Air? Oh, that's that's, that's going to be my next pick. No, nah, that's what I'm going to do next week. Oh, damn it. Damn no, it. Are we, are Alex, we a podcast Alex, about plane movies now? Is that our, is that our niche? <laughs> movies that take place on planes? <laughs> I'll, I'll say more is buckle in for next week. <laughs> oh, we've got uh, Kevin Bacon. William Defoe. William Defoe Will, would have been good in it. Who, who's William? Who's William Defoe? The yeah. original Green Goblin. Who's no, William? Who's no, William no, Defoe? Alex, that's a common mistake. That's Willem Defoe. Oh uh, well, okay. Who's well, William uh, Defoe? Okay, I apologise for misspeaking. This is like I when go. you said Tom Hardy was the main guy in the movie. Oh no no sorry I. I forgot William Defoe. Yeah, he was the uh, the villain in uh, Spoderman. He was the Green Gobbler. <laughs> I remember. He was also in um, uh, Boondock Sands. Uh... And nobody laughs. Okay, <laughs> then we've got John Malkovich and Edward Norton rounding out the uh, thing. Oh, Edward Norton would have been great. John Malkovich a little bit too old. I see why he didn't get it. Well, so is John Travolta. <laughs> John Travolta was way past his prime for this movie. <laughs> yes. Okay, so now that we've got that little, I just had to get that trivia out there so you can Did think you? about. Well, you, you can appreciate uh, Cillian's performance. But you're like, these are all the other people that could have done it. And I think bar Nick Cage, I think, you know, Nick Cage was the only one that could have rivaled him in that role. He out, he would have, he's outshone all of them in my mind. Right. Let's do likes and dislikes, yeah? I've been very silly for this whole podcast. I've got to apologise. I'm being very silly because I really liked this movie and I had a good time in this movie. And 
I had a good time because I don't have a particularly good opinion of the 2000s era of movies, but this, my God. <laughs> this 2005. Was, this, this is amazing. <laughs> no, this is good. This is a damn good movie. I, I, I just wanted to say that. That's why I'm, I'm giving Tom Hardy such a hard time in this one. And, and well, let's get into likes and dislikes. <laughs> Morgan, uh, show you uh, start us off. What, what do you want me to do first? Likes and dislikes, no? Do you want to do like one like and then we'll go around? Yeah, let's do like, yeah, we'll do, we'll do one like. Yeah, let's go. Uh, it's like we've never done this before. Go so on. I like, <laughs> I, I have a soft spot for the unaccompanied child, but uh, we, we know that already. And, but I wouldn't, I'm not going to devote my like to that. That would be weird. Uh, I like, I liked the movie, but I'm just trying to think of a standard. Okay. So I wasn't, I was going to say this for later when we talk about it, but I, I like a certain part of... Like, I like Cillian Murphy. I like his performance in this movie. But there's a part where it elevates to a point that I found both funny and great, but also and like threatening. And it has something to do with his trachea, and we'll get to it at some point. <laughs> yes. Yes, indeed. I know exactly what you're talking about, Morgan, and I do agree. Also, also that Cillian Murphy doesn't know how to wear a tie. Can't wear his tie properly. What an idiot. No. No. He spent the second half of this movie wearing his tie completely wrong and I couldn't take my eyes off it. (laughs) Yeah, that's exactly what... uh... Zach, you look confused. He he wrapped it around to... Mm. Yeah, we'll get to it. It wasn't wasn't a tie. It was was a cravat. Anyway, it it was a scarf that he's trying to make into a cravat. I thought it was a tie. I just want to hold on this awkward moment where there's no real joke here. We're just all... We're just trying to avoid spoilers. <laughs> That's all we're doing. Okay, Zach, uh, your non-spoiler-like, please. Oh, non-spoiler? Oh, my. Um, no, I thought uh, I have a, a, a quiet respect for Rachel McAdams. I, I I don't like, like, the notebook and shit. I think she's a very good actress, and mm. uh, I don't think she gets enough roles where she can actually display how good of an actress she is, and... I thought she was excellent in this movie, I'll be honest. Um, yeah, I she no, I agree with script, that. And I thought she lived up to a pretty good script. So. Okay, it, it is. I, I did think it was a tie. It does look more like a silk cravat. I apologise. Carry on. Mm. <laughs> Thank fuck, because Morgan can never apologise when he's wrong. Okay, and um, my favourite bit, I don't know. Yeah, Alex, why why did you pick this movie? What's your favourite bit? What's your uh, listen? I just I, I like this film because it's one of those films that it's only what like just under ninety minutes. Oh, the timing's great. One twenty five. Yeah, two or something. Yeah, it's nothing. Mm. I loved it. It was great. It's not a long film. It's a breeze. It moves at a clip. It's tense. Like I I, I like it. I really do. And then it sort of devolves into this sort of not devolves. It sort of evolves into this sort of. You know, you've got a series of action sequences towards the end. It's, you know, a bit of payoff for what you've, you know, it, you know, what you, it's a payoff. It's payoff for what you've uh, seen at the beginning of the film. But I just want to say how this film starts. Oh, uh, yeah. This is something uh, I, I noticed as well, Alex. I really liked the start of this movie. It was like real rapid, but it does a mm. lot of work. It, like straight up, it just yeah. tries to put right a from lot the start, of start, I was into... like, these opening titles are great, dramatic, yeah. and also telling you stuff you need to know and then it just kicks off from there that's but right also, like the whole starting stage with rachel mcadams is just like this is who she is so you have an understanding of who she is before we get into the actual story i was like that's good that's really great you know mm. she cares about her dad 
She's a committed business person. She's quite good under pressure. It's it's great. It's great little character development shit. And then they up. even they even have the moment in the bathroom to linger on the scar to make you to make you have that. Yes. Like, oh, okay, interesting. What's going on there? Yes. And even um, when the dad's wallet is taken, mm. and that scene, you get this sort of sinister. You're like, oh, something's going on here. Yeah, and that's what's that's going good, on. That's like a nice little bit of film craft because it's like you know that it's a bad taking because the wallet has a glove on it and you're like oh that's that's mm. that's fucking sus that's <laughs> i've right. seen jason Bourne. i know that that's spy shit <laughs> listen and the same about hiding a uh box inside a fish uh shipment that's also real sus uh just so i was I'm pretty sure i was like oh the fish crate has a sinister crate in it <laughs> <laughs> has a secret more sinister looking crate. Oh, I love that because that crate that they hid in the ice was clearly like two kilos. It weighed nothing at all, but it's supposed to have, well, it's supposed to have something that's very heavy, but it's not. I will say, because I, <laughs> I, I, I immediately paid attention to that in the opening credits and then I immediately forgot until later and I was like, yes. it's back! <laughs> and I got very <laughs> I excited. As soon as I saw uh, later on, there's a scene with a fishing boat out to shore. I instantly knew what was happening. I was like, "Yes, I know what they're doing." <laughs> yes, but I, I must admit, Morgan, watching it this time, I like I knew what was happening, of course. But I was watching it, thinking about how it was structured, and like it's quite easy to forget about the box, and then it comes back and it circles around, and you're like, "Ah, oh, there you go." Or even little things like uh, when the dad's wallet is taken, you see her in her hockey uniform at school, oh, yeah. and that comes back later on in that. the film. I you was know. so happy when that came back around. I was like, mm. I was just like giggling. I was like, that's the best. <laughs> it sets up all these little things as well. Uh, like the guy drawing with the pen, yeah. uh, you know, as we sort of go around to other people on the plane as well, you see the guy drawing with the pen, the lady with her book, the unaccompanied minor. Um, it's not that it's like overly clever. It's just that it doesn't waste time with that it shit. Doesn't and waste I'm real time, happy yeah. with that. It, it was like, we've got to have these extra people on the plane but that well, let's make it like part of it. I really liked that that there was part. There were elements to the story. Mm. Yeah, every every shot had a purpose. Like what they showed you, almost always had a reason for showing you. Yeah, it's like yeah. we're we're showing you this guy drawing in your book. You may think it means nothing, something nothing, but it will mean something later. Trust us. Mm. That's right. Um. So yeah, I like that. I like that. There's this. It just. It's very economical. It's just like there's nothing wasted. And I guess for a film so short, it's like, well, nothing can be wasted. We really need to just, you know, get a move on. Dislikes, I'll just get the ball rolling. Like, this film isn't perfect by any stretch of the imagination. I think there are some things you're just like, whoa, okay. Um, uh, Yeah, I don't know. I like the acting. I like the premise. I like the tone that it tries to strike between the sinister and the comedy that you've got there. Like the air hostess. Say, you know, they're talking, oh, like, it's this kind of flight and, you know, mm-hmm. things like that. You get these little quips there throughout. Um, but, yes, I I think sometimes it can be a little bit too on the nose uh, with some of the musical cues in particular. Uh, <laughs> very 2000s. I like that. Very 2000s. And it looks just a little bit, yeah, dated when you look at it like that. But that's, you know, I think they're only very small quibbles. Oh, what about you talk guys? about? The fashion, the terrible fashion in this. Oh, yes. So, no, no, that's not my negative. My, my actual negative is, and this is a spoiler, so I won't talk like, there's a point in this movie where she commits a blatant criminal offence <laughs> and it's just so brushed over by almost everyone involved. Um, And she then gets to just like... Is it when she stole the car? 
no, no. We'll talk about it. We'll talk about it after the spoiler. But I'll just like say, um, I by that point I didn't really care because I was like, yeah, I'm having fun with this movie, whatever. And it's not trying to be, you know, fucking excellence above excellence or whatever. But there is especially like something that happens with her that I was just like that. You just you you would be talking to the police right now. There is no fucking way on on screen Earth you would just be allowed to go to this spot. I'm sorry, <laughs> but yeah, uh, but it's like it doesn't matter. But she's best friends with the secretary of the Department of Homeland Security. Surely that means she can do whatever she wants. Yes, no, you're <laughs> that's correct. right. That's I, right. Yes. I forgot that. My bad. <laughs> so my negative is, and this is something that the more I thought about it, because like. And uh, it kind of gets into spoilers, but I can talk around it. And it relates to the crate a bit. Uh, I'm like, so, so Cillian Murphy, he starts off and like, he's all, he's, he's a bit friend, frenetic and stuff, but it's like, you get the impression. It's like, he's, he's a manager. He's in charge. He's got this big, he's got, he's got this big plan that he's got figured out. And then the more, the more I think about it and the more is revealed, I'm like, it's not really that great a plan. Like it's not as nuanced <laughs> and as like thought out as I thought. Like the, even the opening credits is like, oh yeah, we're, we're doing all this work and we're working really hard. I'm like, oh yeah. So there's going to be like a, a sick idea, this plan. And then gets, and I'm like, that, that was it. Like that was, that was the plan. <laughs> I'm like, that's not, it's, it's a, it's not subtle. And, uh, and it's like, well, I, I, it's like, okay. I, yeah, that's my negative. I'm like, when I thought about after it was revealed and I was watching it more and more and I thinking about the, the plan, I'm like, not, I, I feel like there was definitely more of like a, a thriller, like way they could, instead of just going all of a sudden, it's like, nah, this, we went from thriller to this is a dumb action movie all of a sudden. <laughs> if you know it what I'm saying. Really, it has a really good shot though. Like, let's be honest, <laughs> like a really good action shot there. Like that's the money shot right there. <laughs> that's that's it. Um, I think it's time. I think uh, spoiler territory. I think this is just a fun oh. thriller film. If so, if you haven't seen it, I think you should go and see it. For nothing else, I think you'll enjoy yourself. I think when you watch this film. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. Before Recommend. we talk about spoilers, uh, I am so glad Alex showed us this movie. Uh, like a little bit of backstory, Alex. Well, if you've listened to our podcast, you know Alex put this on his like top ten horror movies. And at the time we were following them, he's he's talked about this movie. I was like, I've never seen. What the fuck is this? And he goes, oh, It's got Cillian Murphy, recognized and Brian Cox. I'm like, oh, That sounds like it's so up my alley. And then I looked up the trailer, and I was like, Alex, I need to watch this movie, <laughs> please, please. <laughs> Yes, and uh, I was happy to oblige. Uh, that's just what happens. So it's it's very much worth like the eighty minutes you're going to spend watching this movie. <laughs> that's right. It's, it's so not a lot. Of, it's not a big commitment, and it's definitely oh, worth okay. it. Um, so yeah. yeah, we have now reached cruising altitude, and we are uh, unbuckling the uh, the seatbelts and ready to talk about some spoilers. Right. So she fucking murders a guy with a car, and and then <laughs> then, calls, then calls the police, and her dad kills a guy, but then. After the police arrive, she's then allowed to go to her work. It's like, no, you'd be, they'd be saying, like, you'd be getting like an EMT check. They'd be like, what happened here? Why is there someone who has been shot? Self and why, defense. Why is this stolen car rammed through your doorway? If there's one thing I've learned, you can kill anyone in self defense. No, that's <laughs> completely fine. And I accept that. But she would not just be allowed to walk to the hotel. Surely she got an U- Surely she got an Uber. She needs to have that scene with the old couple where she's like, stick it up your ass. <laughs> That's right. That's just a, one of those, you know, moments. To prove that she's like... gotten over her traumatic stabbing. <laughs> <laughs> you, you just 
jumped right in there, Zach. As soon as we this hit is spoilers. a spoiler. Yeah. So Cillian, Cillian Murphy is some form of assassin manager. He, he he's like a planner. He plans and gets mm-hmm. gets assassinations done. Um, mm-hmm. And so he his his plan involves. So he has to get her on a flight, and he has to convince her to get to use her managerial sway to move the room of the secret, the deputy secretary of the Homeland security to a different room that they can then fire a missile at. Yes. Now, Morgan, you, know, you notice how that sounds very, that sounds very espionage until it does it. Morgan, Morgan <laughs> now I, I understand, but okay, let's, let's do this. All right. Let's say you're in his plot, right? I'm going to come to you and I'm going to say, I need you to assassinate the deputy secretary of Homeland security. And they're going to be at this hotel in Miami. What do you do? I instantly call up the Russian mafia and I say, I need you guys to be on a boat in the Miami port. <laughs> and I need you to fire a missile at the 40th floor of this hotel. <laughs> guys, come on, come on. You know, the Coast Guard went and sweeped the boat. Like, I thought that was a really nice moment. Like, the case wasn't there on the boat because they pulled it up after the Coast Guard. Ah, see, they've thought of everything. These guys. I, I I watched them with the fishing rods. I'm like, they've got the they've got the fucking case under the boat. It's they like, do. It's <laughs> underneath the boat. They don't have. They don't have to check. <laughs> and the coast and guard like, knew oh, nothing. The wiser. Have they got? Have they got like a sniper rifle? Or are they going to take? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> See, that was my thing. I was like, oh, have they got a sniper rifle? And I'm like, but they said they're going to kill the whole family. Do they have multiple sniper rifles? And they pulled out a rocket launcher and I went, yeah, I guess. Sure, that's one way to do it. (laughs) It wasn't even just like your generic RPG. That was legit tech. (laughs) That thing was like three people. He just put it on his shoulder. He's like, okay, I need to aim. Okay, the aim has locked onto the 40th floor. (laughs) Bam. Because that's the thing, because I, before I realized, I'm like, they've all got snipers and it's like, we're going to kill the whole family. I was kind of like, I'm like, are they just, what, why did the family want to hang out, all hang out on the balcony? That seems like an, why would you, how would you arrange that? And then I was like, yeah. oh no, they were just going to blow up the entire suite. Um, <laughs> like, it seems like. Like, it makes he, more sense, but it also doesn't at the same time. And I hate it. <laughs> it's the best. It's, it's so good. And, and, do you know what's really bad? I don't think that's a negative against the movie. <laughs> No, I think no, it's all part of the experience. It's like when you, it's like when you look that, and then you first kind of realize what Cillian Murphy's plan is. You kind of your imagination goes wild. I'm like, oh, I love it, the espionage of it, and it's like, oh, they're just firing a missile at the the side of a building. Like, I I was like, oh, they're putting in so much effort. It's like actually, no, they're putting in minimal effort. They were just like, they were like, this is an easy job. We're not going to put out. We're just going to kind of chill and do it. I've got to ask, like, if they had the missile, why not wait till he's like at the steps of the hotel, then blow up his car? Like, or why do they need him to change rooms? Because they needed the room (laughs) on the corner of the bay. They needed that room. Yeah, okay. That okay. makes sense to me. Yeah, it's Alex, the rest that does on. it. <laughs> Alex, how, how dare you not come up with a plot so convoluted? <laughs> can I just can we take it back to the plane? And one of the things that I liked about this film is that the things that you think you would do in that situation, Rachel tries to do. I liked how clever she was. Like she didn't yeah. seem stupid. She tried her damn best. It just didn't mm-hmm. work out. That's right. It just yeah, he foiled it multiple plots that she had to try and tell someone this guy's no good uh you know she she was damn persistent i was like fuck mm-hmm. i'd have given up at the first bit i'd been like i 
I was like under duress. This guy said he was going to yeah. kill my. She was like, "No, no one's dying today, motherfucker." <laughs> Except for that guy that I'm going to run over. <laughs> he says the line, and like, it's, you don't really think about it when she's trying to do it. But he was like, "You're gambling with your father's life." It's like, yeah. Every time she attempts this, he could just be like, "All right, I'm going to kill your dad." Like it's like she she was gambling. Also, he's a silly boy because he says to her, "Oh yeah, the guy he he he's a good dog. He will like he will move." Because, like, when I say so, he, he responds to his master's voice. I'm like, isn't that dumb? Wouldn't you have it so that he will kill the dad if you don't call? That's right. <laughs> so That's she right. needs to keep him alive, but no. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, you know, stuff like writing in soap on the on the bathroom window and writing the note in the book to the lady to give there just so she could see it. Um, I did like the tense moment where you think that he might have killed the old lady because I was kind of yes. like, like oh. that old lady to get killed. <laughs> oh, wow. she likes Doctor Phil. What's yeah. wrong with the old and lady? Bothers some fucking stranger on a plane twice. Fuck that bitch. Oh, she's just a nice little old lady. She's not. A, she is a bothersome, annoying old lady. She just wanted to thank Rachel for giving her the book. Uh-huh. No, no. See, this is how they wheedle into your life, Alex. This is what you're going to do when you're older. You're just going to wheedle into that. I'm going to be on a plane sitting next to Celia Murphy. You're going to be like, thanks for the book from Ellen DeGeneres. And I'm like, fuck off. <laughs> As <laughs> if you would have a book this from... US governor. <laughs> you know, even... You know that the pen... We'll get to the pen in a minute. I want to talk a lot about this pen. But the pen was actually released... You know, duplicates of the pen was released as merch for the film at all the advanced screenings that's wild of this film that's insane so you get a copy of that pen i kind of want a pen like that I mean, 2005 was a was a time wasn't it it, was. it really <laughs> like, was fucking hell. can you imagine a film like this coming out and they're going you can have the pen <laughs> i must admit there was quite a lot of joy as a child when i went to see the Yu-Gi-Oh film and uh, i would get a Yu-Gi-Oh card to go see the Yu-Gi-Oh film was part of the ticket price. Which film did you see? Uh, was it Ray of Light or Pyramid of Light? Pyramid of Light. You that was big it. nerd. <laughs> the film was shit out, but I got Pyramid a of Light's a good one. Get fucked. Okay, we're not we're not going there. All I'm saying is I like the merch idea. Okay. I like it, and I All wish right. more films would do that these days. <laughs> you don't. I do. You do not. You do not want a microphone for Pitch Perfect Three. <laughs> no, but yeah, yeah, that's right. No, but I would like, say, the gold coins from John Wick. Oh, that'd be cool. That would be cool. That would be cool. Or a gun from John Wick. I'd like yeah. a gun from John Wick. <laughs> <laughs> I wish they did more merch like that. But anyway, I liked the pen. Uh, I liked how she uh, got the pen. I like how she concealed the pen. I like you know that she's going to stab him with the pen at some point and try and get away. And I like that we're let in on it as well. So she, we see her, you know, take it out from where she was hiding it. We see her undo the lid, and Cillian's none the wiser until the pen goes straight into his. Uh, is it trachea or yep, trachea, trachea. 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 Yeah. Um, I don't know medical terminology. I apologise. Oh, it was, it was. Um, straight into his throat, into his windpipe. Uh, straight in. I'll and there's honest. a bit of shock in that, too. It was like, I just thought he was going to... When the first time I saw this, I just thought, God, I just think he's going to. she's going to stab him in the leg or something like that, but not straight into the windpipe. There was a bit of, oh, there so, you go. That, that That's that's stank of Wes Craven to me, because am I wrong? Wes Craven's like the Nightmare on Elm Street 
go. Scream. Yeah, yeah. So he understands what you do with like a movie monster. You've got to continuously damage the movie monster, but the movie monster can keep coming back from all that damage. That was very silly, Murphy. And all that. Like he gets fucking stabbed. He gets stabbed twice, mm-hmm. and then he gets shot. And he's always he just falls like over up. like six or seven times. <laughs> oh my god! He gets tripped on a plane. He gets tripped in an airport. He gets tripped down some stairs. He gets tripped in a house. <laughs> Dude gets. He's just fucking falling over left, right. And I was like, like, he gets like beat the shit out of, and like, yeah. like he keeps coming, but he's he's getting like he keeps coming. Like he's the fight felt equal. Like I even wrote a note, and it's like they because she was being hunted, but I'm like they, they're both hunting. Like it never felt like like, mm. like it felt like they were both hunting each other. It never felt like he had the power. It was just like yeah, and I thought that was interesting as well. Do you know it's also good? She was kind of at a disadvantage because she hadn't seen the renovations to the house. So they were both kind of... And you got to presume that he actually might have known more about the house than she did. Mm. Because this movie's just that clever. Listen, it is. It's operating at a whole other level. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. But just, like, the assassin that he has outside of that is such a, like, shit assassin. (laughs) Like and why would you have a knife? Why would you choose a knife for assassination he job had, like that? He, he had a he, he had, had a gun. he had a gun. It's just a, yeah, but he talks about sharpening the knife. Yeah, it's just so, it's, you know. it's just an, that's a that's an ex-military thing. Or a lot of American ex-military people okay. have K bars that they carry, especially when they work in uh, questionable okay, well, jobs. But it's also because that's part of the whole like it's like when he's describing on the plane, it's like he's sitting in his car listening to smooth jazz, sharpening his knife, and then it, we see him sitting in the car listening to jazz, and then later on we see him with his knife. Like it's just a, a, yeah. a tie together. I did like, I did have a little bit of a chuckle when the jazz was actually playing in the car. I was like, oh, so he wasn't joking. It was actually legit. Yeah. This guy does like jazz. <laughs> I like I like that Brian Cox is a bit sus of the Beamer on his street. And I'm just like, you shouldn't be Brian Cox. You live on like the richest street in Miami. That would just be like, whatever. But there was no <laughs> other cars, Zach. There was no other cars. Mm. That's suspicious. It is. <laughs> Especially, suspicious. especially 10 years before uber that would have been so sus oh my mm. god very much five minutes from the airport very oh, much yeah. <laughs> everyone everyone has five car garages a car on the street is suspicious mm. you've got to think she's like such a, a good person or like a like or she's a huge patriot because her first thought driving that car is to call to save the senator and his family not her dad she's just like i need to prevent this you know, assassination, and then I need to go save my dad. That, like, I just like, damn, damn, Rachel McAdam, America. <laughs> Even the one that was um, there at the hotel that she was oh. calling all the time, I liked her. Like, yeah. I also liked the line at the end. I think we had a pretty good night, all, all, all in all. Let's there go to the that, bar. <laughs> there was that one moment there, but other than that, it was a good night. At the hotel for about four months while we remodel the, the upper six floors from all the fire damage, but it was a pretty good time. It was a I pretty think. good night. Yeah, yeah. I might have been responsible for a terrorist attack on home soil, but it was a pretty good time. <laughs> the CIA is definitely going to arrest me at some point, but I had a fun time. Oh dear, it was all dress, Zach. It was all dress. Oh my god, I love. I liked his name. What was it? Jack Ripner. I liked that. Jackson. I liked- Jackson Ripner. Yeah, I was like, that's it's a cool name. It's good. Mm. It's a good little, and it's 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 a perfect little lead in because like if it's fake, it's a perfect fake name as well. It's a perfect little lead in to like, no, I kill people, and well, he it's... can just tell them the truth. But then it could also be, you know, Jr. Her dad's initials is Jr. So he, you know, they had that bit about the wallet. It could be mine, and she just freaks, you know. 
And then there was this little moment that I noticed watching this time when they're in her house and they're hunting each other. She refers to him as Jack Mm. when he told her at the beginning of the film that he doesn't like being called Jack because he was teased as a kid because they're like Jack the Ripper. Like how unfortunate. She's like, yeah, come at me, Jack. And I was like, oh, damn. There you go. This movie is a 10 out of 10. (laughs) (laughs) Just little things like that that you pick up on. Classic Wes. I did like I did like the detail about um what was it he says sea breeze and then she says like beach breeze or whatever but then you find out that she's actually doing that to fuck with him like yeah. that's a great little like character thing it's just like she picks up she doesn't like to be known that well so she's just mm-hmm. like Bay Breeze, no, I don't like sea breezes. You're like, and then he's like, later, I've been watching you for three yeah. weeks and you've ordered nothing but a sea breeze. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I, I did want to like applaud this movie for having like just a good uh, a good female lead mm. that just is not that because I've talked about this a bunch. I fucking hate the typical badass female female like female lead that you see in a lot of movies that is just like, let's not put effort into this character. Let's just make her kick some ass and then that makes her a strong woman. Whereas Rachel McAdams is genuinely a strong person in this movie and she mm. proves it again and again with her actions and her diet. Like I, I really appreciated the way she was written and the way she was made, like in this mm. and the things she did as well were great. She she really delivered on a lot of that shit. She was an intelligent character. Mm. She was persistent. You know, it was, yeah. She didn't make dumb choices, I think, a lot of the time. And they could have made her, like, some, I don't know, high-standard scientist or some, like, really upper class. But they just made her, like, well, not just, but, you know, they made her a a manager at a hotel. She's clearly a tough job, but she works really well at it, and she's very proud of the job she does, and she's happy to help people and shit. And that comes in, like, she's good at solving problems, and she's determined to solve problems, and it's good. Mm. It's good shit. Well, she does say people please her, doesn't she? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then she tells those guys to shove it up their ass, and I just, I don't know. That just, that's where it falls apart that's for me. That's gross. Oh, that's... <laughs> <laughs> that's where the movie really just takes a nosedive. <laughs> I think we've all been in situations like that where we oh. deal with people that are just like, oh, my God, can you just, you know, can you just step back for a minute, please? You're so self-entitled. Every time we record. Oh, <laughs> What a great little technique to get the audience to be on side with your main character and your side character is just to have them deal with dickheads. That's like a perfect little thing to just make them go, these are pricks, but she's handling it with grace and she's, you know, she's a good customer face for it and she's helping someone who is, you know, working with her who's not as confident. Great, great little, like, little... Especially when you've got movies which just don't even bother to fucking do that. Like, it didn't have to do that shit and it did. It made the effort to, to make her a character i appreciate that shit i have a question for you guys mm-hmm. do you reckon had she just made the call and got along with it he would have let her go alive at the end or is that a mm. loose end no no he no, would have let her. i think he would have because he doesn't he, lie he makes yeah. it quite obvious that he doesn't lie throughout the film but it's also that he underestimates her quite a lot so i think he if she'd done that he'd assumed okay you're just like a regular person i can just do this threaten you and go and no nothing's gonna happen to me because he underestimates her he fucks up <laughs> I like I like his arc in this movie because he starts off, you know, quite um like theatrically elevated. He's he's like smart, he's like quick to the draw, he's helpful, he's charming, uh, and he's in control. But then as she starts battling with him on the plane, she gains more control. And then towards the end, I'd argue he has almost no control at all, and she has a lot of control. Mm. So she she does quite a lot to like fight for that, and she rises and he descends, and it's good. Yeah, no, I agree. And I think probably the 
best thing about this film for me is that we actually get a little bit of time to know Rachel McAdams' character before we start the chase and the sort of cat and mouse game. We didn't jump straight into that. Can you imagine if the film just cut to her boarding the plane and just sitting down and sits down next to this guy and this guy turns to her and goes, you know, like we didn't have any of that opening sequence where we got to yeah. know them a bit of both and, you know, you can see that they've got this bit of a dynamic that she doesn't know. Maybe maybe they, maybe there's something there. Like maybe there's this bit of, you know, is this a romantic comedy? I don't know. Like what's going on here? And then, Yeah. I, I do like they they did like they made the clear distinction of like he's he's charming her but he's just that's he didn't like he didn't have to or he did like he was just doing that to get like as soon as they sat down he's like all right to business like he didn't he didn't keep it up and be like mm. he was like no to business and then he switched his demeanor completely I really liked that I thought that was yeah definite shift I was just gonna say Alex yeah it would really it would really make a bad movie if we just started on the plane and we sat down with characters and they started talking about how maybe they knew this person from like when they were in high school or primary school or from a young age. They all figure out, oh, wait a minute, we all know this person. And then the plane crashes into <sighs> Zach, someone's Zach, car. Zach, 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 Zach. And for listeners who haven't watched that episode, Zach is referring to my pick from many weeks ago, One of my Wild favorite- Tales. One of the best movies you've ever brought, by the way. One of my favourite <laughs> movies that you've ever shown us. <laughs> but that sequence is like four minutes long. This I is know. a whole thing. So it's like, you know, you're taking a four minute long mini film and comparing it to this. Man. No. Um, but oh, there was something else. I oh, yeah. So Killian Murphy, um, he does try really hard in this movie. Like he nails so many lines and, and it, it kind of, it's almost like this movie works because he nails so many lines because he's a very charming person. And then he's a very scary person and he does a really, really good distinction mm. between the two. And he has this excellent ability to do that, like very creepy straight face where he could just be mm. like looking towards Rachel, Rachel McAdams and saying a line and it just comes off as threatening, very threatening, but he's just like very passively threatening. Mm. And you were saying, Morgan, that you liked the bit uh, that he elevates his performance to a whole new level. Tell us a bit about that. Where he gets stabbed in the throat and then he's just rasping the whole time and it's like, Jesus Christ. (laughs) (laughs) Do you think uh, Crispy Nolan saw this movie and was like, Scarecrow, that's it. When he saw the thing, he's like, that's it. That's, That's my guy. There's also like the moment, it's part of the chase around the house where they're having the standoff and she's like hidden behind a wardrobe and he's standing in the doorway and from her perspective, you just hear him breathing. And then, like, mm. the way he kind of makes it seem like he's gone is he just stops having that raspy breathing. He was, he stops going, <gasps> and it just kind of disappears. And that makes him think, her think she's gone when clearly he's just hidden behind the door. Like, spoiler alert, he's behind the door. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great, like, final stand scene. Because mm. there's, like, a lot of moments where, it's, like, it seems like Rachel McAdams is on top. She gets her weapon and stuff. But then he's just intelligent enough to not fall into her trap. And, she, and it's, like, oh, it's good. It constantly is, like, ro- shifting the, the the stakes and shit. It's good. And let's just uh, say that this was a big year for Cillian. Red Eye came out and Batman Begins in the same year. Ooh, like, boy. that's a big year for Cillian. Again, um, I feel like oh, I've sh- said this on this podcast before. <laughs> I feel like Woo! I always say this. That movie does not feel like it was made in the same year as Batman. No, no, those movies. Like I, those movies we constantly hard. talk about it, and it's like Batman does not feel like it was made as early as it was made. No, I, I don't know. I think I think it might be very clear to maybe an actual cine, cinephile 
But those movies very clearly had an effect on cinema so drastic that they changed how fucking like the the average person shot their movies. Because <laughs> I definitely remember like a 2000s era where it was just like HD cameras are fine, and then there was like a 2010 <laughs> era where it was like, no, quality is probably what we want. <laughs> <laughs> Can we get a couple of IMAX cameras here? We really need this shot. Uh, yeah, I this movie to be 32 frames a second. But Peter Jackson, how are we going to make three Hobbit films? If we do 32 frames, I'll make it happen. <laughs> and look, you get the mediocre Hobbit films um, as a result. But anyway. Do you reckon there could be one good movie if he like re-edited those? If he chopped Perhaps. like those two into one movie? Three. Or three, three into three. one movie, yeah. That would be like a good three-hour movie, I reckon. Yeah, but it'd probably be worth it. Strangely paced. <laughs> You'd constantly be leaving the second act to go into another second act. <laughs> and I think with that, uh, the plane has landed. Um, and our. Uh... I just have one more thing I wanted to talk about. Oh, okay. Because it kind of ties landed. into my. This movie for me is subtle but not subtle. That's how I define it. And there's one mm-hmm. shot that really spoke that to me. And it's like, I don't, it's a good shot, but it's also not very subtle. So it's like, I think it's as the plane's taking off or it's just landed. There's cool shot down the plane, all the roads and aisles. And it's really oh, cool yes. shot. But the unsubtle thing is that everyone is dark. Everyone has their lights off except for Cillian and Rachel McAdams. They're above her. And I get it. I get the point of it. It's just not don't... subtle. <laughs> but it's a it's a great shot. It's a great shot. It's fine. It's just down and but everyone else has their lights out. Everyone else is and then they're completely lit. They are fully lit. You see mm-hmm. the subtext there. <laughs> There's no subtext there. <laughs> oh no. Um no nah, Alex, great pick. Six out of seven red eye flights for me. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a bit of a fun film. It's I think sometimes movie. you just need you just need a fun film. Well, it's not even just a fun. It's a fun film that's got a lot more craft than maybe not that it deserved, but like you could have put into something with this because I assume it probably wasn't the highest budget, and they probably didn't no, expect no, no. the highest return from box office. But it clearly like they were like, well, if we're gonna make something, we might as well make it good. That's that's the attitude I got off this, and it pays off. They orig- they actually cut the budget in half during production. That sucks. So. Yeah, so it was originally like a 44, what's it, hold on, 44, yeah, and the budget was cut to 25. Damn. Mil. That's probably why it's like a thriller action. Maybe they were just like, mm. we can't have as many action scenes as we want. We're just going to have to rely on Rachel McAdams and Cillian Murphy on a plane. And <laughs> it works. It works. Really well. And you still get that money shot of that missile going through into that building. Oof, what a good shot. A and you see the walls <laughs> ripple as the explosions. It's like, Yes. Yes, indeed. <laughs> this is what we're oh. here for. <laughs> oh, my God. That's so good. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, yeah. Thank you, Alex. Alex, thanks. Well, thank you. Thank you for watching. I'm glad you enjoyed it. I'm glad you took it in the spirit in which it was intended. Uh, it was good. Fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I suppose we're, we're at that point. Oh, actually, no. Well, the, the plane has landed. The plane has landed. landed and the baggage, we're in the baggage terminal. We've got, and we now need to unload on the baggage that is what else we've watched in the last fortnight. Well, I think this is something we can all talk about. I'm going to presume here, have we all been watching The Mandalorian? Yes, yes. baby. Yeah, I haven't seen the latest one yet, but okay. Yes. I watched okay. it this well, morning, Alex. Where's your commitment? I know you had to work, but I, I saw it still. That's somewhat, <laughs> wait, is the latest one episode four or episode three? Four. Episode four. four. Okay, I haven't seen episode four either. I've wow. seen episode three. 
Wow. Sorry about wow. that. Wow. <laughs> I will say episode three is amazing though. So. Okay, this yes. is this is the thing, right? I want to talk about that. I had a good time with episode three. I thought episode three did an amazing job of introducing new shit, which is what I want from the Mandalorian is for them to just constantly be going to new planets and showing new shit, and it's good. You're going to hate episode four. Never mind, carry on. <laughs> yeah, probably. Anyway, and, oh, Alex, how fucking good was, um, oh, who am I thinking of? Uh, Katie? Yeah, 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 Katie Sackhoff. I was like, I was looking at her going, there's something about her that doesn't look like Katie Sackhoff, but it is Katie Sackhoff, and I'm really it's happy. It's the red hair. It's Do you know hair. how much like joy it brings me to A, C, a real, real version of Bo-Katan, let alone played by the voice actor of the animated version of bo It is so fulfilling and amazing. Mm-hmm. I also just look from a point of view of not seeing the animated stuff, she's a perfect casting for a Mandalorian warrior. She's like, I don't want to like, uh, typecast or anything, but she is an excellent. She can play that role so well, from what I've seen mm. from Battlestar. So I'm excited to see that shit. But I watched that episode and I was just like, "There's something about this episode that's just a bit off." Like, there's a couple lines that are just like weird that I didn't like a lot. And then I looked at it and I was like, and then it came up directed by Bryce Dallas Howard. And I was like, "Damn it, Bryce, you've done it again!" Because my <laughs> least favorite episode from the first season was her episode as well. This was my favorite episode so far, just because it had what I wanted from this season, and it took them a while to get to it. It had Mm -hmm. some fucking good uh, Baby Yoda moments, I'll tell you that. So far, that's the only reason Alana watches this show with me. Just she gets those cute (laughs) Baby Yoda moments. So good, it's been so good. Uh, So far, the first episode's been my favorite. I think that's Timothy Oliphant is amazing. Yeah, Timothy Mm. Oliphant was a very strong start. And I like how they're doing similar things to the first season where they're like slowly introducing this cast of characters that he can rely on as friends. And then they're probably going to wrap back around into the last episode when he has his final confrontation with Gideon again. And it'll be good. It'll be good. I'm excited for it. Yeah. Uh, we'll move on in a second because we always talk too long about Star Wars. I will say, spoiler alert, <laughs> it was cool to kind of get a bit more depth on like, because everyone's been talking, especially if you've watched the original, everyone's talking about like, the whole idea of not taking off the helmet and like where this comes from. And now we learn about mm. this new sect called... Uh, the watch, which mm. is cool, which is like Death Watch, which is I like guess. Death Watch, but not they're not as Luke. death as they're a bit more just <laughs> yeah. they're a bit they seem a bit more like traditional, like they're they mm. like the old tradition. So that's I, I like that nugget that hopefully we might get a bit more on at some point. But yeah, I just hope that with the fan service stuff, like the Bo-Katan thing, I hope that they treat it in a way that is like okay, we're going to incorporate these factors, but we're going to incorporate like, as long as it plays to the story that's fine with me it's just that mm. where you go out of your way to introduce the fan service that's where it really annoys me because <laughs> like i Bubba. think Bubba. like it i think the story at all has so much cred now because it's you know the one thing they've done very very well with the star wars universe and people are very happy to see it and people are happy for them to do new shit with it i don't i don't know maybe they've got some data back saying they need to start keep the very hardcore fans happy with this shit but I, I, I would prefer them to just keep taking the risks with it because mm. it seems to be paying off for them pretty well. Anyway. So what else you've been watching? Uh, oh, fuck. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, no, no. I, I, I've um been like loving Westerns this year and I watched a mm. very good one from a couple of years ago called Bone Tomahawk, mm. uh, which I don't know that I want to talk about too much. It's a very, very gritty movie, but it's probably one of the best um, Kurt Russell performances I've ever seen. Uh, it's wow, really okay. good. Yeah, no, it's a very good movie. Uh, very, it's slow, but it's not slow in an annoying way. It's just slow in an, a, an atmospheric way. 
Uh, it's very theatrical. I think you guys might like it as like dramatic people because it does feel like a stage play quite a lot of the time. A lot of the scenes okay. feel like a stage play. A lot of the act, uh, the characters feel like stage characters and shit. And it's like in a good way. Uh, but I, I really enjoyed it. Very violent movie though. Like, do not go there if you want, if you don't <laughs> like gore. It's incredibly brutal. Uh, anyway, uh, that's the only thing of note uh, I wanted to talk about. Alex? Yeah, no, no. I've um, I've started a bit of a rewatch of uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Ooh, have the fun. critically acclaimed. Um, you yeah, know, listen, it's a pretty rough season one. First season. Uh, it's a pretty rough first season, and uh, so it kicks into gear with the second. But yeah, it's interesting looking back, and you look at how many other things have been influenced by a show like that. And yeah, it's quite a. I quite like. It. I think once you get past the first season. I think yeah, I think you're sweet, but a lot of people get turned off by the first season. I get that, but then I say to them, "Look at Parks and Recreation. That first season was a dumpster fire." So is The Office. Yeah, no, there's a lot of yeah. a lot of shit that doesn't know what it is until like That's season right. two or three. Yeah. Mm. Morgan, did you were you turned off by season one? Yeah, it was, but it's also the kind of the age of it as well. Like it is, yes. Like it at least these days, journey. at least these days, when it's a bad first season, it's down to writing moreover than. But this one, like, it, it was a bit off and it felt old as well. And I'm like, oh, and all the facial makeup. Mm. And I was like, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't, I don't got, maybe, maybe you'd like a Angel better. That comes out. <laughs> stronger. The spin-off show Angel comes out of the, yeah, that comes out of the gates a bit stronger. Yes, I've been watching that, and um, that's pretty much it, I think. I haven't had a lot of time in the last fortnight to um, watch things, but that's, uh, that's all right. Oh, The Crown's come back. I've watched the first episode of season four of The Crown. I love uh, The Crown. Alex, I'm not one for the whole royal hype. I understand it. I get it. I get it that we're very proud of our royal heritage and shit. Is it a show worth watching just for the show's sake? Oh, yeah. No, no. It yeah. is spectacle television. Okay. Like, it's just, it's so cinematic and so beautifully shot. And there's just, yeah, there's so much to like about it. I think the casting's really strong. Um, I think some of the themes can get a little repetitive as we go along um, and they are selective with certain aspects of history, what they're going to tell, which is fine. And they're doing it for a dramatic purpose, but I would really recommend the crown. Um, They do change casts as they go. So at the end of season two, they recast everyone and this will be the final season of the, the second cast. And then they'll recast again because each season is like a decade in the queen's mm. life from the moment she became queen all yeah. the way through. Um, so yes, I think it's, I think it's good. Uh, I would recommend, and this season has got uh, princess Diana in it. So we're in the Margaret Thatcher, princess die sort of late eighties, sorry, seventies, eighties period. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Mm. Okay. It's just like, yeah, I, I is it it's like, a spectacle. It's, I was gonna yeah, ask. It really is. Is it like like the last dance where Michael Jordan kind of used that to rebrand himself and sort of give himself a softer? T- is They're it not, that for the no. royals? Is it like this is a much this is this is the dramatic telling of the royal family and how look how uh, how much it paints them in a good light and it must have been very I, hard on them. I don't think it paints them in that good a light. Um, really? Some aspects there are pretty yeah. So the guy that made this also made the Queen. I don't know if you've seen the Queen which is about how they handled Princess Diana's death. And Helen Mirren plays the Queen and um, some guy. uh, The guy who was in that one with David Tennant as the angel. 
David Tennant. Oh, the, I know who you're talking about. Michael Sheen. Michael Sheen. Yeah, he plays Tony Blair, and they look at this and how callous they are with how they handle uh, Diana's death and the public reception to that. They just sort of underestimated that. And so he wrote that critically acclaimed film, and now he's doing this series. Oh, very interesting. Because mm. I always thought that it was like... A love proof. letter. or I always thought it was an approved thing by the no, royal no, no. family to just tell their story. But obviously, no. obviously that's not it. Well, fair enough. I don't think they've got any involvement whatsoever. They must it, be furious. Can they that. watch it? The Queen sits <laughs> Obviously, down. I think so. Her Majesty just uh, puts it on. Netflix <laughs> probably has someone watch it and just go, tell me what happened in this episode. <laughs> no, that's that's awful. You must write to those people at Netflix. Tell them to stop that buggery. <laughs> <laughs> yes, indeed. Yeah. Um, so there's that. And of course, my journey with Shits Creek continues. I'm now in the fifth season. Um, so, so nuts. I'm pretty sure Alana finished have... it the other night. Oh, right. Okay. It's a very good show. Very strong. Um, whenever I've had a bad day, I'll just put one of I those on. I need to watch on. it. I, I've seen so much of it, though, just by watching it when I'm walking in when Alana's watching it. David. <laughs> David. Ew, David. Uh, there's Stop. been a, there's been a, everyone's realized this, like, I feel like I've seen a lot of articles about it in the last week. Everyone's realized that Moira is played by the mum from Home Alone and everyone's losing their minds. They're mm. like, how is this the same person? <laughs> and I'm like, it's obvious. You can see that it's because of the wigs though. It's because of the boys. It's the wigs. Yeah. And the voice. Yes. <laughs> it's some weird accent that she puts on. It sounds both posh, but indistinct. Like it's like, you can't sort of pin it down to a particular locale i don't think i, think it's I can like... understand that there was like that weird time where like there were a whole bunch of like women from the 90s actresses from the 90s who didn't really come back until like the mid 2010s like mm-hmm. laura linney comes to mind where i don't know that oh, she disappeared yeah. but i definitely didn't know about laura linney until the ozarks came out and then i was like oh my god laura linney <laughs> oh my <laughs> <laughs> laura oh <laughs> uh, uh, yeah no but i i can understand that um <laughs> is that show good? I'm still shocked that that show is good. It's surprisingly where where it starts out at and where it's gone to, it's light and day, I think. So the characters actually grow and you actually grow to like them and actually have genuine growth, all of them. Okay. So it's like uh yeah, it's 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 nice and heartwarming. And I wouldn't have thought that would be the case when you pitched the idea to the show to me. But anyway, would recommend. Get that's made up. It deserves. Uh, mm. So I have been working through Bly Manor, haunting of Bly Manor slowly. It's pretty good. Don't think it's as good as season one, but the most recent episode was pretty good. I enjoyed it. Uh, that's fun. And then um, I think I'm going to say I watched it, but we're probably going to devote a bit more time to talk about it next week. Uh, I, of course, have seen Tenant, and we'll come back to that next week after these lovely boys have seen it. Two quick seconds. I did want to mention uh, uh, Auntie Donna, who is a Melbourne-based Oi, oi, oi. Stop getting ahead of my fucking list, you cunt. <laughs> okay. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Carry on, Morgan. Zach Carry has on. left the room. And the final thing that I binge-watched this week, uh, I've, I've been following these boys for a very, very long time. Uh, I've seen them since they were wee boys. Uh, I think I've seen all of their Melbourne Comedy Festival shows uh, they didn't have one last year, which was sad. But they just dropped on Netflix uh, Auntie Donna's Big Old House of Fun. Their fir- they've had a couple of parts before, but this is the first season of the show they were given 
by uh, Egg Helms's uh, production company. And look, it's it's getting up there, and I, I don't. I'm, it's a very particular brand of uh, sketch comedy and humor, but it's getting a lot of popularity. And if you haven't seen it, check it out. It's dumb fun. It's and it's it's great. If you want to say anything, I'm- Zach, say say it now. A hundred percent. I'm so fucking glad that it's doing so well because I like, I think they're very particular, but it seems like a lot of different people can get enjoyment out of them. I also want to say, I think I'm fucking crazy because I've had it on repeat a couple of times in the last couple of weeks. And I've just, cause they're like 18 minute episodes. There's only six of them. So you can fucking blow through them in like an hour. And it's just like, every time I rewatch them, some element of them just gets funnier and funnier to me. And it's like, there's some sketches in there that I just didn't find funny the first time. And every time I watch them now, I'm just like, that's so good. <laughs> that's so funny. But if you know anything about them, go watch them. If you don't, they're Melbourne, they're Australian boys and they've made it big, so support them. But... You can always, if you want to get a taste, they have a bunch of YouTube videos already. If you... <laughs> but it's and like the first episode is a bunch of just their other video they've kind of wrote into a pilot and then they expand from it. It's it's very good. It's 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 so good. <laughs> can I ask Morgan what's like your favorite sketch? Oh, uh, I don't know. There's so many good ones. The... I really and I because I've seen it live. Uh, the mm. another Toyota Prius that one yeah, was good. The, the, Ellen, the Ellen one. one good, they had a yeah. version of that that I kind of saw live. And the Olympics, the whole Olympics episode was pretty wild. <laughs> I like the barbershop one oh, probably the most. That one was insanely like I'm like this is just a barbershop in Melbourne. Like, yeah. <laughs> And I also like the clothes one because the clothes one is one of those ones that like the first time I watch them, like whatever. Now I watch it and I can't stop fucking laughing at them going, look at your your clothes. clothes. Look at your clothes. (laughs) And uh, with that, I think that brings the episode to a close, I believe. How exciting. I think so. Thanks, Alex, again. Yeah, Alex, thank you for showing us that uh, sick movie, man. (laughs) Sick movie, yeah. Potentially next week we will be together again for the first time in like a couple months. Yes, so a couple of things. Yes. The next episode is a guest episode, but we are yet to record it, so that'll be fun. But uh going on from <laughs> going on from there, the episode after that will be Zach's, so we'll be watching that. And that will be that episode was probably because we're gonna film that first, be the potentially the first time we are in person oh. since oh. fucking very long time. And we're all very excited. I haven't told the boys yet, but I got a new couch, so they can look forward to that. It's oh! going to be fun that's times. <laughs> Listeners, that's big news for us. <laughs> so big news. <laughs> oh, yes. Alex, we get to cuddle up in the corner of a new couch. It's going to be the best. Listen, you've got to break this couch in somehow. <laughs> so with that, it's a lot of pressure on Zach's pick now. Uh, Listeners, you'll have to wait a bit for that episode. Do you reckon Morgan's just going to make it fade out from this point? Okay. Fuck you, Alex. Bye, everyone. This has been a Sparky Trap Radio production. For more Sparky Trap Radio content, please head to sparkytrap.com.